TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Hi, welcome in. Hoist the Colors on this Monday edition of the show. It is January 29th. It's a new week for Pirate Athletics. Super Bowl is set. We may get into that a little bit. Very excited about today's show. We've got East Carolina senior defensive lineman Elijah Morris set to join us shortly. He's making his way over to the studio, part of our Team Boneyard partnership. So we will have Elijah on for a couple of segments today. We'll take your questions. We've had Savone Revel. We've had Deontay Johnson. Tomorrow, we're scheduled to have Kaiten Hauser, Michigan State quarterback transfer through Team Boneyards. We'll have Elijah on here shortly. We've got Super Bowl to talk about as the AFC and NFC championships have come to a close. The Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers set to square off in the Super Bowl. And we've got Pirate Basketball to discuss. Philip Pilkington is producing today's program. And Philip, it was... Far from the prettiest outing for East Carolina, as they have uh, really struggled to score the basketball lately. But at the end of the day, ECU has won two basketball games in a row. And amazingly, this is the first time the Pirates have had multiple winning streaks in conference play of two or more games since entering the league in 2014-15. So I think it says something. They find a way to win in overtime 70-64 over the Temple Owls last night inside Menchie's Coliseum. My question to you is, Philip. I know you had football in the brain. I know you were probably watching that. How much basketball, if any, did you get to watch as well? Well, I don't watch it when I'm producing because it's two minutes That's behind. Right. It makes it so hard. So I listened to the whole thing but didn't watch any of it. So what What do you make of this, this, I don't know, this team right now? Because it's like they're winning games. What the, uh, the inside Pirate Athletics, by the way, from tiebreakers today, uh, as Mike Schwartz will join us there, Patrick Johnson and myself at 6 o'clock will talk more detail then about pirate basketball but hey when you're finding ways to win i guess that's the main thing you keep the main thing the main thing but it's been it's been a grind the the defense is showing up the offense has been a struggle it's just been kind of a uh i don't know a weird situation but i guess when you're winning you take it every day to the bank especially pirate basketball winning conference games yeah, I think it's a little frustrating for Pirate fans to see it be as tough as it is because we kind of feel like, man, if we could just score the basketball consistently, we wouldn't be having some of these issues. But when you watch other games throughout the conference, there are a lot of games in the American that are this low-scoring, kind of grinded-out games. Now, don't be wrong, there's high-scoring games too. I mean, heck, Memphis and UAB was 45-44 at halftime last night. So I do get that. It happens. But there have been plenty of gritty games in the 50s and 60s all around, and it's a credit to the defense in this conference. Yes, the Pirates aren't the best offensive firepower we've ever seen. It would be nice to have a fourth and a fifth true score, and it would be nice for our big three to be on every single night when it comes to scoring the basketball. But, hey, that's just not how the American is right now. I think this team is on the trend upwards. We've seen a huge improvement in, from Sierra Malonga. Yeah, he hadn't been scoring a lot, but just to give us an extra presence inside. You know, we kind of talked about
talked about this team only having two big guys, really, in BJ and Ezra. And now that Sear has put himself into that rotation and set himself apart from some of the other guys, I think this team is on the trend upward. It's just a matter, like you said, of kind of consistently scoring the basketball. That's now the next step for this basketball team. And I do like how it sets up Wednesday, the host South Florida, because East Carolina has not been able to score the basketball. Typically in basketball, you have ebbs and flows to a season. You're coming off a game where Ezra Saar scored eight points, one of seven from the floor. Brandon Johnson, one of seven from the floor. Two of your better players just scoring in single digits. You find a way to win a game where those guys go two of 14 combined. Usually that there's going to be a bounce back at some point. Could come on Wednesday against South Florida. R.J. Felton just continues to be an absolute warrior. Let's go ahead and do our East Coast Agency Pirate of the Week because it is going to be none other than R.J. Felton, who, look, at the end of the day, his his offensive numbers don't look great. 7 of 24 from the floor. I think even he said after the game, look, it wasn't a good shooting performance by myself, but you have to find a way to rebound. You have to find a way to defend. Defense wins championships. And just, to me, the warrior mentality of RJ, like, yeah, maybe you would like to see the shots a little more dispersed evenly throughout the roster. 24 shots with seven makes is not ideal, but he does go 7 of 7 from the line. He was cramping at the end when he got a huge offensive rebound, had a double-double with 11 boards, also had two assists, a huge block in overtime, two blocks, three steals, 43 minutes of game action for R.J. Felton, game-high 24 points, and just crucial clutch plays. I mean, he just leaves it all on the line every single uh, appearance for ECU basketball, win or lose. So, R.J. Felton, our East Coast Agency Pirates of the Week. East Coast Agency is excited to announce the opening of their office in Greenville, North Carolina, called Drew Moeller at 252-341-8818 and uh, give Tim Vleets and East Coast Agency a call. So, R.J. Felton with a huge performance. Pirates again win 70-64 on the hardwood. They get back to above 500, 11-10, and 4-4 and four and four in the American. All right, let's get a break in. We have got Elijah Moore standing by. We'll get him on. We'll have questions from fans, and we'll get to know Elijah Morris a little bit. Hoist the colors on a Monday. ECU defensive lineman Elijah Morris joins us next. This is ECU head football coach Mike Houston, and you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in on this Monday edition of Hoist the Colors, 94.3 The Game. We talked a little bit of Pirate basketball earlier. We may circle back to that towards the end of the show, but very excited about today's guest via Team Boneyard. He is Elijah Morris, East Carolina senior defensive tackle. Elijah, how's it going, man? Good, Things great. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you, man. As part of our partnership with Team Boneyard, we've had Deontay Johnson, we've had Savone Revel. <laughs> let, let me ask you this: I asked uh, Deontay, did y'all know it was Savone, or, or did y'all? Know? I did not. Yeah, I'm. It, it, it's Savone. Yeah, Savone Revel apparently instead of Siobhan. Okay, he let us know. Yeah, I, I had no clue then. <laughs> I'm just finding out. I told Deontay, and Tay was like, I'm just going to call him Siobhan. My father, Siobhan. Shout out, Siobhan. <laughs> you have to, uh, have to make sure that your teammates got it right. But, uh, look, Team Boneyard, man, has, has done a lot for, uh, obviously, the team. You know, it's still fundraising. Just kind of what, what, have, what have they meant to you, especially as an older guy who came in in I.L., what was it, just like really getting started when you first came in? Maybe uh, it wasn't even a thing. How much does it mean to you now kind of as a senior? 
it means a lot, and you know, especially with how college football has changed in the world now. Um, it's become almost like a small version of the league almost. Right. And But shout out to Team Boneyard and everything that they're doing to help us and all their contributions because they've really, they've really set a high bar. And this offseason, they've really gone above and beyond. So your fifth year going into year five at ECU, man, is just uh, – it's hard to believe. Like, I still remember – hearing about Elijah Morse, the walk-on. They called you, what, 60, right? Because yeah. nobody knew your name yeah, back in 2020? 60. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Like, year five, <laughs> yeah. you just said it. Uh, they've gone by, but uh, yeah, I came here. Uh, I didn't want to believe my name and number was 60. <laughs> kind of came in, saw my locker, and I was like, saw the number, I was like, maybe that's just a, just a number. But it actually turned out to be me. And, you know, I just ran with it, and... And that was during, Game of that was during story. COVID, right? Like, so, like, I remember ECU, they didn't have many D linemen when Coach Houston got here. So, like, they had to bring in, what, like 10 guys in y'all's class. Yeah, he brought in everybody. Right. Like, uh, me, Tay, uh, Surad, um, Shu, uh, Jason Schufer, and Xavier, Javian. We had a packed room. And uh, that's. That was a good thing, but it was all, it could be a bad thing too. But it was a good thing because with COVID, like you mentioned, um, we uh, they basically stuck us all in a room and quarantined us for like two months. So you know you had no choice but to get to know uh, your your uh, teammates uh, as well as I know them now. And then uh, you know on the back end, you know people transitioned out because the room was so deep. But uh, you know they're still doing great things. Elijah Morris with us in studio here via Team Boneyard. And so, Fayetteville, North Carolina, what, Terry Sanford High yep. School, right? Go so Dogs. Take us through what led you to East Carolina because you had some other opportunities, I think, on the table as well. So, what allowed you to come to ECU, uh, take it, you know, kind of bet on yourself as a walk on? Oh, basically, I took a visit here uh, and I did all the junior days. I came to the camps and everything. And uh, I loved the atmosphere on game day. I loved it. Like, uh, I think the game I went to it was actually the uh, USF game when uh, Tyler Sneed oh, yeah. took it kick to off. The, yeah, yep. and uh, we lost that game, but it was a uh, it was just exciting just being in the atmosphere of Dowdy, and in kind of in that moment I was like, I want to play here, like right, I can't wait to play here. But uh, you know, in high school, uh, Terry Sanford coming out, I felt like could have got more than what I had, but. You know, I was I was grateful for what I had and taking the chance on ECU is basically like a roll of the dice. You know, I kinda came in, I told my mama, uh, I'm going there, uh, we'll see what happens in a year. Year goes by, doesn't work out, you know. We can go down a level, it's all right, but you know, I thank God everything worked out in my favor. When did you get the scholarship? from ECU officially. Do you remember that moment? Yes, I do. So, it actually happened uh, second to last game of the season Okay, in 2020 versus, uh, it was after the Temple game. i never forget that moment. Um, I had a fumble recovery. I, I had so many that you year. You had a lot that yeah, year. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but, uh, basically, after the game, after a great team win, great win, uh, came in the locker room and he was like, your parents have known for about a month, but you're going on scholarship and, you know, everybody went nuts. It was it was a great feeling. And obviously, uh, I just 
I remember that that year because it was like again they brought in so many D linemen and you know look I cover recruiting so we we cover the scholarship guys at high school a lot and we cover the the walk ons like yourself but it's not as prominent so to speak and I just remember hearing hey like this Elijah Morris guy every day in practice he's showing up in the preseason during COVID you know watch number sixty and like what do you remember about that preseason that kind of allowed you to establish yourself like was it just a a workman-like mentality? Like, what allowed you to, you know, kind of rise up the ladder so quickly? Uh, I agree with what you said, the workman-like mentality, because, you know, I came in, and it's no disrespect, but I had to prove myself. Right. And not just prove myself on the field, but, I mean, I had to prove myself. Like, I, they didn't know my name. And, you know, I I took that, I, it was kind of my chip right. on my shoulder, and it drove me. Um, and I just worked all of, uh, all of that summer during camp. And I just stayed patient and stayed like stayed down till it was time to come up, and uh, you know I finally got a shot and I just ran with it ever since. Do you feel like I don't know? There's been so many great ECU stories of guys who come in as walk-ons like Justin Hardy, Tyler Sneed, who end up making it big. Like I don't know, you kind of fit the ECU mold, like chip on your shoulder, not gonna let anybody tell you no, that sort of stuff. Yes, I. It's just my mindset. You know, yep. I just want to attack everything with, you know, that mindset of go get it. You know, if you want something, I truly believe you got to go work and go earn it. And that's that's how I felt about the whole situation. Like, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people called me crazy trying to be a walk-on. They're like, why are you turning down what you had? And But, you know, I saw a bigger vision. God did too. And I thank him for where I'm at right now. And then that work ethic, like, you know, watching it, it doesn't change just because you're a starter or a scholarship guy now. Like, to me, it, it almost breaks you, brings you, like, makes you bring it even more, right? Like, once you reach that stage. Yeah. Actually, uh, shout out Coach Tess because he actually gave me, uh, like, he, he broke it down after my freshman year. He kind of was like, don't let the scholarship be your end goal. Let that be a stepping stone along the way of goals to come. So I kind of was like, I took that to heart. And I was just like, I like I like that, you know. That's not going to be my only story. I've got more to go. So No doubt. And you're still writing that story. Elijah Morris with us here. So let's talk about the camaraderie with that D-line room, man. The guys who are still here, you mentioned it. Like uh, McIver and, and Schufer moving on, I think we're happy for them to, you know, get a shot elsewhere as well. But that whole room, the guys who are back, Deontay, Sarad uh, uh, as well as well as uh, CJ Mims. Now, what's kind of the the camaraderie of that room right now? Oh, we're still as yeah. close as ever. Everything we do, we do it together. I mean, I I actually just got off the phone with Tay earlier, and I mean, with I live with Sue, um, JD's lockers right near mine. So is CJ's, and you know, I'm starting to get uh getting to load Jaden a lot better. I'm glad we brought him in, and I'm excited for him too. But uh. You know, we're still as tight as ever. And that's just the culture that we've set, and we're just going to keep that the same. Coach Tesh, what's the light to play for him? Oh, man. <laughs> he seems crazy out there. Oh, yeah, no In idea. a good way, though. I love Coach yeah. Tesh. You know, um, he's going he's gonna to tell you how it is straight up. Don't matter how you feel one day, feel another day, he's going to tell you how it is. And I think that's why our room is how it is. We like to joke around in our room a lot, and you would think because of Coach Tesh, no way those guys joke around. He's so serious. But, you know, we're kind of that 
that happy medium for him. Right. You know, he's always, you could always look at him, he seems upset, but us, we're always laughing, and he laughs around us. But when it's time to work, we all lock in and we work, and, you know, that's why it's so fun playing with each other. When I'm out there, I mean, you're right, he's so intense. It's almost like, I don't know, maybe y'all need to tell yeah. a joke just to get him to calm down, but, it like, when you're around a guy five years, he probably knows how to push you and get the best out of you at this point. Though that's without easy. like hurting your feelings or anything, right? Oh, I mean, he'll he'll hurt your he'll hurt your feelings. <laughs> he'll tell you, like I said, he right. will he'll shoot the arrow straight on, and that's what you kind of need, especially right. in especially uh, as our mindset as a defensive front. You know, you need somebody who's gonna tell you, "Hey, we got to get after the pass rusher this week," or "We got to stop the run." They're gonna run it right at us. So you kind of need that mentality and. You know, we we take on the mentality of our coach when it comes time for game, and that that just shows. Jaden McKenzie, you mentioned, brought in from Ohio State, coming in as a transfer, and you guys y'all, y'all play so many guys up front. Like JD, he plays in, he can play in. Even Steven, you know, Chad Stevens will line up kind of all over the place sometimes. So, you know, what's it like trying to build that depth this time of year so y'all can rely rely on each other in season? Because y'all do rotate and move and do a, a ton up front. Well. Again, want to make sure everybody knows the playbook, knows the scheme. So that's, of course, a big thing. But Jaden being an older kid, you know, I don't expect him to have any issues with what we do. And we kind of do a lot of similar stuff, like teaching-wise, to where he's coming from at Ohio State. But, you know, we're still the same mindset. We're still going to stop the run. And this year we're going to get after the pass. I was going to say, the last half of last year, man, y'all, like, took the next step. I felt like getting after the pastor, like, y'all stopped the run all year. It was, like, mid-season on, I just felt like the group started winning more one-on-one. And maybe it was just getting the other team in third and long, but, like, everybody was getting sacks or pressures for a while. What what kind of flipped there from a mindset perspective, or was it just a matter of circumstance? Oh, i say it was the way we were practicing, the intensity of our practice. We really took it personal in practice, you know, getting to the quarterback, like, that mental timer in our head. Uh, while he's got the ball in his hand. And then uh, just us saying up front, hey, let's go get guys like Siobhan and IBM. Let's go let them cover, and we're going we gonna to help them. Like, Because the best coverage is pass rush. That's the best coverage. So easy solution to all those long balls getting after the quarterback. No doubt. And y- y'all made a huge push the second half of the season. When you look – you know, last year, man, it was tough. And, and y'all played so well – defensively for much of the year. And, I, you know, I commend you all for not turning it into, like, an offense-defense thing. Like, everybody knew the offense was struggling to score. But in the locker room, you all held it together so good. What, what do you feel like kind of led to that, even through, you know, results that nobody wanted to go through? It's that brotherhood, that culture. I know I keep saying it, but, I mean, it's real. I mean, I, I watched it firsthand, especially being out for those right. three, four games that I was out. I, I, I saw it. I mean – as bad as we wanted to win those games and as bad as we were working and everything, I mean, it hurt, but that just drove us like we're right there. And, you know, I commend everybody from that last year's team who stuck it out and everything. But, you know, we're going to fix that this year. What do you – you know, the, the results 2-10, and 10, like when you hear that, does it tick you off? Does it make you want to really – you know, you got one year left as a senior, really oh. finish this thing the right way? Oh, it lights a fire in me, you know. It really does. And, you know, I've told me and Tay have talked, me and Sue, a lot of the older, uh, a lot of the returners and everything. 
and with the newcomers too. You know, I told them straight up, I'm leaving out of here with two more rings. You know, that's conference and bowl. So, and whatever else comes with it. And but yeah, it, it lights a fire under me. You know, that that two and ten, it just it just doesn't sit right with me. So we got to run it back. Winter workouts going on now uh, with Big John. What's it like? in that weight room or how early are you waking up these days and what's it like uh so tuesdays and thursdays those are my early days uh i got the 6 a.m lift so i'm up at five on those mornings so those are the longer days and then uh wednesdays and fridays i'm up at uh i'm up at like seven for the 8 a.m but just i love i love this time of year just being with big john really being with him and that's that's where it really comes in like you're mentally picturing that two right. and ten while you're attacking each set and each run, and that just sets that sets the standard for just the spring ball uh, all the way into camp. So just being with Big John, like he's gonna he's he's, he's gonna, gonna bring it every right. day, every day. What? How early do you have to go to sleep when you got a five a.m. wake up call? <laughs> the, uh, the for me, before. I try not to stay up. <laughs> latest, latest eleven. Like, I'm already in bed before 11, but the latest, I try to stay up. You have to be asleep by 11. I, I try feel, to. If, because if you're rolling in there on, what, four or five hours of sleep, it's got to be tough. Yeah, it's, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, trying to do that, I mean, I probably could have did it maybe two, three years ago. Now, I need all the sleep I can get. So. Right. No doubt. I, if, I don't get my, if I don't get my full seven, eight hours, I'm struggling, so I can't imagine waking up that early. You know, the camaraderie when y'all are in there this time of year, like you mentioned some of the new guys coming in, returning guys, like how important is it to bond this time of year when y'all start mat drills and really kind of forge those relationships? It really is really important because, you know, that's when you learn about the guy outside of football. Like, you spend the time – like. We lift in the mornings, but after that, it's kind of you're on your own. So, you know, you want a chance after those lifts. You don't want to just only know a guy during the right. lifts. You want to carry it throughout the days and stuff. So that's why we've got other uh, team bonding stuff. You know, we try to watch games together. Like this past weekend, you know, we'll try to set up, uh, choose somebody's apartment, go watch the game. Because you really want to mold. Like you want to welcome them into the family. Like I don't want to say team – you want to really welcome them in the family because that's that's how we look at this. And I mean, if you're joining my family, I want to make sure like you're taken care of, like because when I eat, you eat. Like, that's how I look at it. Did y'all watch the uh, AFC NFC Championship game yesterday together? We did. Yeah, what I did watched you, the what you think of those games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Rajay, he's a big Niners fan. Yeah, right? so yeah. I had the, I had the Lions, so yeah, he <laughs> let me know about that one. Um, I'm sure. I, the Ravens game surprised me. I was surprised with that game. Yeah. But shout out Pat Mahomes. He just keeps finding ways to get yeah. to the Super Bowl, man. And we got to deal with another Chiefs Super Bowl. As a Denver Broncos fan, it hurts, but hey, <laughs> it, it is what it is. You got to respect greatness, and Mahomes is—he's great, man. He's something else. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk a little NFL later on this week uh, as we get ready for the Super Bowl. All right, let's get a break in. Elijah Morris in studio. We'll come back. We'll take some questions from the fans. We got a lot on hoistthecolors.net. We're also live on YouTube and Facebook. If you want to drop some there. Let us know, and we'll get to them. Elijah Morse and uh, Stephen Igo, we'll be right back. This is Hoist the Colors. Here there be pirates. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo. How good is this? On 94.3, the game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Monday. 
We've got Elijah Morris, ECU senior defensive lineman. I guess we call you officially a defensive tackle, even though you play def some defensive end as well. I, what do you refer to yourself as? Just D lineman? Yeah. D lineman? Yeah, that way it's just everywhere Co on the field. D line just everywhere. I'm still waiting for you to drop back into the rush position, man. When is that going to happen? Hey, I've been telling them, <laughs> hey, look, y'all heard it. I'm trying to get back there, but. We'll have to work on Doust. <laughs> get Coach Doust on board. All right, let's get into some of these questions from uh, our fans on Hoist the Colors. All right, Tarboro Bill, we'll just kind of run through these. We'll see how many we can get through. He says, what was the biggest surprise for you going from high school to college? Uh, i say the one for me at first would be the, the size of people. Right. Because, but nowadays, even in high school, I mean, you got some large humans. But – I say the tempo of the game and realizing that when you get to, uh, from high school to college, uh, realizing you're not that dude. You're on a team for everybody. The, everybody that was that dude. Right. So I say that was the biggest, biggest thing I realized. Who is the best player you've faced? If anybody comes, if you're willing to give anybody that credit. Any position? Yeah, you could go any position. You could go O-line or just fellow skill player. Ooh. The best player I've played. I could say Keaton from practice. Right. <laughs> I could say that because, I mean, man, when he – when we watch film going against Keaton in practice, I mean, we get questions from our coaches. Are we running to the ball here? Are we running full speed? Yeah. He makes everybody look, look slow. So, I, I, I say Keaton. I right. say Keaton. That's a fair, fair – I, I still remember the BYU game where he Tank was Dale too. Okay, Tank. Who? Now Tank that Dale. I'm realizing, yeah, Tank Dale was he was a baller. Yeah, he was tough that game. I remember the the BYU game y'all played where like they had to pursue angle on Keaton and he would just yeah just, just run around yeah, him every time. Like, it's unfair. I still say the Ravens win yesterday if they had him. I, I think I so think too. So. I think they run the ball more than eight times. No so. doubt. Um, all right, Tarberville says worst question ever asked by a media member. If you want to say, if you want to say, I asked you a dumb question at some point. That's fine. I, I don't know. Do you have any any bad questions from a media member at any point? That I wouldn't say out? any bad questions. Sometimes the questions can be a little little leading. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't say I had any bad questions from media. Look, we're not the smartest group in the world, so we probably <laughs> ask some stupid stuff. I, I won't take any offense to it. Uh, most obscure game that you enjoy playing? I guess he's saying like video games or any game. Uh, I love Madden. Madden. Um, and do you have a favorite team you play with? Oh, Madden. Yeah. I don't have a favorite team to play with, but I usually use 49ers or the Chiefs. Okay. So you're you're or out the there Ravens. With Mahomes. I, I like the Ravens. The Ravens. Lamar seems like I haven't played Madden in too long. Yeah. Lamar seems like he'd be fun to play with. I think it was it was either uh, Siobhan, Savone, whatever his name is, or uh, Deontay that said Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, fun to play with as well. Oh, yeah, they are fun. Yeah, so uh, there's your Madden update. I guess we're going to get an EA Sports college football game, apparently. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Are you excited to be in that? I'm apparently? excited. That was one of my favorite games yeah. growing up. NCAA 14, I, that was the, almost the only game I played during that time. I used to, to recruit and build dynasties with, yes, you know. Road to glory, all, all of that. Exactly. So hopefully EA Sports can get that done. That'd be awesome. Uh, Kiss My Cast on uh, Hoist the Colors says, how does it feel to see the look of terror on the offensive lineman's face across from you on any given play? <laughs> uh, 
one, I love that stuff. Like anytime I can see somebody, an opponent tired or like just anything right. that, that's giving away, oh, I'm on you. Like I know you're beat then. So like I, I, lo- I like the, that. The mental game of it. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, I don't know, do you, is that something that happens a lot? Like, or is it just more of like if y'all are just whooping somebody up front, you can kind of feel yeah, it? Yeah, when we're up front, like, especially against the team who, like, they, they've run the ball on everybody right. and then we're going against them, like, and we're stuffing them all game, that, I give them that look like, you yeah, sense we're, it. we're on you. Like, you better do something else. And I'll let them know, like, throw the right. ball. What? So, y'all face Michigan, obviously, first game. But, like, did it feel like y'all were facing a national title contender in, in that moment, or was it just another game? In certain aspects, yes. Yeah. Like, you realize, okay, these guys are really good at what like, right. they're really they good. Really good up front. And they obviously won for a reason. But going into that game, I looked at it as just another game. Like, I was like, if you want to be the best, you got to play the best. And I want to play the best. Like, I look forward to that game. Like, I had it served. I was, re- I would love right. that game. And y'all basically shut down the run. I mean, they didn't do anything outside of one. One little pop run they yeah. had. I mean, that was about it. So y'all did a great job stopping the run. Um, somebody wants to know what is your favorite sports movie? Do you have a favorite sports movie? Ooh, favorite sports movie. Uh, I would say I love Coach Carter. That's a Coach classic. Carter's love Coach Carter. Movie. And I will say any fa- any football movies. Remember yeah. the Titans? Yeah, that that's the yeah. one. Remember the Titans. I say that with Denzel. Yeah, that's a, a classic as well. I was either going that or Rudy. Rudy, I, I like I like Remember the Titans. Right, you can't beat Rudy either. That's yeah. an awesome story. Uh, Enville Pirate, nineteen eighty new, uh, nineteen eighty two says back in the nineteen sixties and seventies, the Minnesota Vikings had a great defensive front four that earned the nickname of the Purple People Eaters. Have you and your defensive teammates discussed any nicknames for your defensive front? Yeah, we've actually had one for a while. You know, it was – well, we change our mentality every year with the name. But, you know, so far we've been the mob. And we say the mob because, you know, the mob or the mafia, that's like – it's like a family. You know what I mean? Like we all break bread together. But, I mean, if you cross us, like – You're going to feel it. Yeah. So (laughs) I I like the mob. So y'all gonna roll with that, or you have to come up with a new one for twenty four? I think we're gonna roll. I think with the you mob. just roll with that. We're gonna That's, roll with the mob. I like that. So the mobs coming to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium uh, or stadium near you. So be prepared for that. Uh, Skiles thirty two says, "What is your favorite thing about Greenville and East Carolina?" I really enjoy. It's it's really the perfect college town when you really look when you're around Greenville and me being here for past five years. Five it's really. Years. Like the perfect college town. It's not right. too big. It's not too small. Uh, the people are really nice, and I love Dowdy. You can't not. But Dowdy's atmosphere, like when it's, it's right, it's special, it is, man. man. It really is. No doubt, it's it's a it's a special place to watch a game, especially when the student section's into it, man. Y'all can just I, I just see y'all on the field feeding off that. Uh, that's awesome. What what is your favorite barbecue location? Uh, I like Sam Jones. I like their wings. They got pretty good wings. And uh, I say either RJ's or look at that there. Okay. So a lot of good spots. Mm-hmm. Um, David Hackney, he, he's bringing up a little bit of a sore subject here, but I think you'll handle it okay. He says, didn't you get ejected for targeting in the Navy game? 
He says, I think it was a terrible call, don't you? <laughs> so what would you, that was a tough circumstance because what you were going in, first of all, it was an option team. Mm-hmm. And you were going in for the sack, and the quarterback kind of lowered his head, right? Yeah. That so was, what do you remember about that? It was weird, weird situation. I thought it was just another play. And we're, it turned out to be even worse because I didn't even get the sack. So, like, right. got ejected, didn't get the sack. So it was, it was just bad all around. But that was weird because they ran the – they're a running team. Quarterback right. is almost a running back for them, essentially. Yeah. He's just a running back. You have to treat and, it like that. Otherwise, he's going to run you over. Yeah. And, I mean, we talked about it in film. We say, if they get in shotgun, go hit the quarterback. Right. So, they got in shotgun. They're passing the ball. I get by the guy. I see quarterback. I'm like, oh, I'm going to lick him. Like, right. go hit him. And he drops down, and I don't even realize that it's targeting. But, I'm like, I'm walking away. And flag I hear, like, they say it's a flag. I'm like, no way. And, bang, targeted. It's tough, man. I mean, it really, it really does put you on a tough circumstance. And, again, like, it's not – if it was a regular drop-back quarterback, it's a different deal. But, like, this guy, he's running 95% of the time. Right. So, it's tough. I guess next time, you know, I just got to read him a bedtime story, lay him <laughs> down gently, tuck him in. You yeah, know? y'all have a lot to do uh, <laughs> along with tackling. So, it's just – it's tough to be a defensive player, there's no doubt. All right, big love. I think this is Preston Carr's dad. He says, uh, how, how are you feeling about the depth on the D-line – being that uh, that Shuford and uh, McIver have transferred, so we talked a little bit about that earlier. But how do you, how do you feel about the depth there? Um, obviously, it hurts losing those two, especially given the size. Like both of those guys, Big very boys. large dudes. Yeah. So you you go out, you recruit. Um, but who we have in the room now? Um, you know, everybody's been working, Preston including, but everybody's coming up. CJ ready to step up. Um, even some of the freshmen from last year, Logan Wright, ready to step up. Again, we're bringing in Jaden. So, you know, it's a really big year for those young guys to really rise up, and it's it's their time now. So. We asked Deontay. I think somebody asked him who's the fastest D lineman. I think he said uh, Surad and CJ. Well, I don't know. Do you feel like you're in that mix? <laughs> I'm smiling so hard because we talk about this a lot. Um I want to throw myself. I'm gonna throw my okay. hat in the ring, but you know, I, CJ and Sue are very they're, they're, they're fast, quick. man. They're fast, but I'm throwing my hat in the ring too. We we gonna race. Yeah, y'all need to have an official yeah, race. We're gonna race. Let us know how it goes. Because I've been letting CJ know that I could, I could get him. CJ is fast for a big dude, man. He, he, he is. Moves. He is. But you know, now that my my rehab and everything right going well, you might can be catch time him. to. Might be time to have that race. Let's let's do it. I'll uh, I'll report the results if y'all let me know. Although I don't know, everybody might say they win. <laughs> um, all right, Buck Wild. He says, does uh, does Elijah or his family know or associate with Patrick Pinkney, former ECU quarterback? Because he was from Fayetteville. Also, do you, do you know Patrick Pinkney or uh, of him at all? Former ECU quarterback. Um, I don't know if I know him. Yeah, per- I don't know him personally. But the name does sound familiar. Okay. Like, I feel like I've heard that around. He won back-to-back Conference USA titles or played a big role in those teams in 08-09. I feel um, like I've heard that name around right. Fayetteville, though. You've probably probably seen it around mm-hmm. uh, town for sure. All right, Destry says, how have team workouts been so far? 
this semester, and he asks, is the team extra hungry to get back to a bowl and fight for an AAC title after last year's struggles? So uh, if you could expand on uh, that a little bit. One, workout's going great. We're about to start uh, already on week three. Uh, that's already crazy that we've already that is crazy. in three weeks. But, you know, this next week we're ready to pick it up. We've kind of, these past two weeks, we've kind of been laying the groundwork a little bit getting used to getting everybody used to the schedule and everything. But uh, now that we're on our third week, we're ready to like really get into the flow of it. So uh, workouts have been great. Big John's awesome. His whole staff, awesome. They're going to get us right. And expanding on what you said, uh, we're hungry for this next year. Like we're really hungry. Uh, I was talking to Steven uh, while we were on break. And I mean, we're really excited. I've been talking to Caden uh, Winston, all the new guys, all the returners, I mean, we're really excited. And we're, we're excited for the pieces. We're ready to see what's going on in the spring. It's going to be fun, man. A lot of fun back and forth already from the offense and defense. So looking forward to spring ball. All right, Pirate Attitude. Got a couple more questions. We'll get Elijah out of here. He wants to know who are or were the toughest ECU offensive linemen to face in practice. Okay. <laughs> who are who, – Okay. Definitely Noah. I'll put Noah up there because I'd have to step out of end some and rush the passer. Um, I say I say Avery. Avery was really good. And putting the shot in there. All right. Um, and another one, a sleeper, Fernando Fry. He He's was good. good. He was good. He seemed like he would be very, I don't know, gritty. I don't know, do some – <laughs> uh, maybe like he'd be a very expert holding holding guy without getting caught. I don't know. He and they all like, hold. All right, linemen oh, hold. Sure. Y'all can quote me on it. They all hold. All of them. Yeah, they have to, man. <laughs> guys like yourself, I'd be holding too. Uh, Pirate Attitude says, do you think the returners and transfers in the O-line have the ability you know, to perform much better than we saw last year and have the success you guys had on defense? So he's like, you go against these guys every day. How have you kind of seen them grow? And I, you'll probably know more in spring ball, but how do you feel about that group coming back? Well, you know, um, the ones that are coming back, they're hungry. They're ready to work. They want to get better. People like Dustin. Dustin's ready to work. He doesn't say much, but he's ready to work. And I don't I don't have to wonder or fear what they expect from him. I know what I'm going to get from him. But uh, I think all the guys that we brought in, uh, they all have the potential or they – we. We wouldn't have brought them in. Right. And I think spring is going to be a great time for for them to showcase what they can do on the field. But for now, uh, you know, got to get them right in the weight room. We got to get them uh, accustomed to everything. No doubt. Huge winner for all the, the big guys for sure. If you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time and got jumped, which teammate would you want by your side? <laughs> If I found myself, repeat the question. If you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time and were jumped, which teammate would you want by your side to help help defend you? I got JD. JD is crazy. JD Lampley. No. Going JD, and let me get Sam. Sam Danka. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and let me get Tay and Sue. That's a good. That's a good group. I wouldn't want to run into those guys. We got we got so we got JD coming up on the show probably in a few weeks. We're going to have to get him to open up a little bit and talk. Do you think I can do it? Hey, or is it going to be a challenge? Look, you can get him to – look, 
He, he, he loves to talk. Okay. You just got to get him to open up. He'll smile half the show. I I'll just got to get him comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kenny Curlins on Facebook <laughs> says, uh, we got to get y'all some kind of turnover prop for the sidelines. What, what's your thought on that? Like, is it is it kind of played out at this point, or do you, do you guys want something? I think we could, we could get some. You know, I, I don't mind it. You know, uh, I don't think we've had anything on the sideline. Yeah, it's before. like uh, for y'all, like, you know, you had the turnover chain – for other teams and like they have like hats like I don't mind it though you yeah. know that's it's good to have like a little identity behind the turnover and right. everything but we can come up with something there was an idea at one point like a sword but I think Coach Houston was worried somebody might drop it and get stabbed or something so, so I don't hey know. that'd be cool though I, yeah. I wouldn't mind a sword turnover or sword yeah. or like a turnover treasure or something like there's with the pirate theme like there's gotta be options out there you know what I would do yeah you know the cannon yeah. After every turnover, you gotta let us go. Shoot the cannon. Yeah, now that, that would be, be that would be incredible. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> after every turnover, we we yeah. shot that cannon off. I think that that's honestly a great idea. We may have to run that up the flagpole because that uh, that would be entertaining for sure. Seeing y'all all scramble over there to <laughs> that'd be fun to try to pull the uh, pull the cannon. Well, uh, last thing for you, Elijah, man. Just you know, you you mentioned it. Kind of starting your third week of workouts already is crazy. But what's kind of the biggest goal for you guys as a team to establish you know what you want to establish this time of year so when spring ball rolls around y'all can really hit the ground rolling uh obviously uh obviously we want to build on from last year and only way to do that is to work we want to grind we're ready to go through that fire we know what it takes to go to a bowl game and then we've had the type of season where you know that ain't gonna cut it so what we can take from this past year, bring it to this year, brotherhood and culture, and everybody coming to work every day, uh, and we're gonna get after it this year. You know, we're gonna hit the spring running. We're gonna get everybody into the offense, everybody into the defense playbook, and you know, it's gonna be a fun year. He is Elijah Morris. Elijah, appreciate the time, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I loved it, man. We'll get you on uh, two more times as part of our deal. We got to get Deontay and, and Savone back as well. <laughs> Savone. And, uh, <laughs> I know, right? I got to go talk to him about you need that. To, you need to figure out what the deal is there because I, I feel like he's playing me at this point. I feel like <laughs> it's not even his real name, but we'll figure it out. We'll get JD, Chad Stevens uh, as well. So we're basically getting the whole D-line on uh, along with uh, Savon and – uh, Savone, and then we'll have Caden Hauser tomorrow. Get to know him, Michigan State quarterback transfer as well, along with some other guys. But uh, we appreciate it, man. This was awesome, and I we'll appreciate it all. Absolutely, that's Elijah Morris. Let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. Philip and I will maybe talk some playoffs. We'll circle back to ECU basketball as well. This is Hoist the Colors on a Monday. All right, let's go. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Iko. Check out me, Aussie Joe. 194.3 The Game. Colors. Monday, great interview with Elijah Morris, ECU senior defensive lineman. I really enjoyed that. Again, brought to you by Team Boneyard. Looking forward to uh, continuing to have – we'll have Elijah on two more times. We'll have uh, Deontay Johnson and Savone Revel. We'll get in Chad Stevens and J.D. Lampley as well from the ECU defensive front. And then we'll have Kate Hauser on tomorrow. So I really appreciate Team Boneyard, all they're doing for – ECU student-athletes and our Hoist the Colors members as well who have chipped in with this initiative. All right, we were talking ECU basketball earlier. And, uh, Philip, we, we 
we discussed it a little bit, but for me, like these are games ECU often simply doesn't win. They lose these games in frustrating fashion, and right now they're finding ways to win them. You know, Wichita beats SMU last night in Wichita for their first conference win, so it's not an easy place to play. The Pirates won at Wichita, and then they rally and beat Temple in overtime. And when you're not playing your best, finding ways to win, confidence builds. You kind of taste it, and you want to keep tasting that victory. And now we're at a point now where ECU's got another opportunity for the first time ever to win three conference games in a row since entering the American. So this sets up a big game Wednesday against USF. Yeah, and I think what these last couple games have done has allowed the team to believe in themselves that they can win the close ball games. That was something they struggled with earlier in the year. And Coach Schwartz kind of alluded to it after the Wichita State game. And then he talked about it again last night in his radio interview that when it's been eight minutes or less and the game's been close – they haven't really pulled any out until now. They've lost the close ones. They've The games they've won, they've kind of won comfortably. So I think that gives the team confidence that they can win these tough nail biters, and that's what you're going to have to do. And as far as good and confidence into the next game, yeah, I think this is a huge opportunity. You know, They did it in front of a meh crowd yesterday, and I think it's going to be a great crowd now with back-to-back wins and not being in the middle of the NFC and AFC Championship game come Wednesday night. We see how well Menjis has been throughout this year. I think they're going to be that way again, and this is a big opportunity this week. As you mentioned, Wichita knocking off SMU, who came into that game 4-2 and in league play. What can the Pirates do against South Florida, and then what can they do making the uh, quick road trip down to Charlotte and potentially beat the 49ers this week? This is a huge opportunity for them this week. Tony Hicks on YouTube says gutsy win against Temple and RJ and Ezra took the game to their own hands. Jaden Walker was solid. A win is a win. And the people in the message boards who are negative are simply ridiculous in his honest opinion. He also says love how the team fought in the last few minutes that no one uh, seemed to want to win in a game no one seemed to want to win. Yeah, the offense was bad. I mean, look, you won the game shooting 31%. That ain't going to (laughs) happen. But uh, maybe once every few years if you're lucky. So, uh, Credit the Pirates for rebounding, playing defense, and hitting free throws, 81%. All right, Phillip, I didn't really get the chance to watch too much of the playoffs because of the the game, covering that and going to OT. So what did you kind of make? Quick recap of yesterday. Unfortunately, Chiefs win again. They ruined my Super Bowl Sunday yet again. Uh, but, uh, you know, you got to credit Pat Mahomes and then Niners rallying, and the Lions are somewhere still going for it on fourth down. Yeah, you know, credit to the to Baltimore's defense. They they played well. That they, they I wouldn't say, you know, shut down the offense, but did what they had to do to win the game and unfortunately the Ravens offense had three turnovers, two of which were right there in the end zone and that really was the difference maker. They had multiple opportunities to take the lead and then even put the game away and they were never able to do that. Going to the NFC side, you know, it stinks for Detroit. You hate to lose a game like that when you're up 17 at the break, but it just shows you, and I've said it all year, this 49ers team, I believe 1-53 to is the best roster in the NFL. I have a lot of confidence in them going into this Super Bowl. And, um, you know, it stinks for the Lions, but heck of a run. I think there was no on nobody's bingo card for them to be in the NFC title game. And uh, I think there's a bright future for Dan Campbell and Jared Goff there in the Motor City. Congrats on your picks championship as well, Philip. You officially you. wrapped it up. Yeah. Were you officially up by one game right now? But or I think two I'm, games. I'm up by two games, one game to play. Hey, if you want to go bold, you can say Super Bowl counts for three. Eh, you know. <laughs> nah, you, it, take your championship, run with it. We've picked 200 games. We'll pick the Super Bowl as well, but 
Yeah, hopefully the Niners pull it out. I just have extreme Chiefs fatigue. Look, I recognize greatness. Pat Mahomes is greatness, but as a Broncos fan, it really gets old. And Taylor Swift gets old, but uh, we got plenty of time to discuss the Super Bowl. Tomorrow, Caden Hauser in studio. We'll catch up with the new ECU quarterback, get to know him. Appreciate Elijah Morris today. Also, Philip, thanks for your work as well. We'll see you tomorrow at 12 noon. Hoist the colors. This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekday.